Hey everybody, this is Amadi, and we are continuing the discussion of worldliness and allowing God to reorder and restructure our lives if necessary. So this is the conclusion from last week's episode. Thanks for listening. Hope you all enjoy. I left the institution real talk. Living right the execution real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body outlined and chalk. I left the institution real talk. Living right the execution real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body outlined and chalk. Uh. So so that this this larger thing that unhealthy relationships I think become to or or can come to stifle is true building you know sometimes you know the the Lord will allow something to be moved out of your way or restructured or you know reassigned in order for you to actually get something bigger something better right his perfect will for your life you know I even just thinking about Christ himself. So he's in the garden of Gethsemane and he says, you know, father, let let this cup pass. I'm I'm not trying to hold this L, you know, I'm I'm not trying to hold this L. He says, no, but your will be done. And then what does he say in Matthew 28? All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now, in order for it to have been given to him, that means he didn't have it at one point. Like you have to really read what the Bible is saying. He says, all authority in heaven and earth was given to me. So at some point he didn't have it. And now he had it because he says it was given to me. The father gave it to me. And at some point I did previously, I didn't have it. I don't know when. Could have been in times past, in eternity, whenever. Right. <laughs> I'm, We're know, not even going down yeah, the tangent. Yeah, I'm, but... yeah I'm, I'm not going down that road. You know, I'll leave that for the theologians <laughs> out there. But essentially, in, in order to possess what he possessed, right, he had to drink the cup. And, you know, whether it, it, anything that was would have been in the way to prevent that would have had to have been moved. And for us to truly build, you know, we're talking about building his kingdom one house at a time um, for us to truly be builders and be involved in building. Um, we have to count the cost. Right. Luke three says, you know, you don't build a house without first counting the cost and building the way God will have us to build. And allowing him to restructure and reassign things, you know, so that building can take place is pivotal. And so for him to actually call out the Ecclesia, right, for him to call out the Ecclesia and that, you know, I actually want to look up this definition. I I got this definition, you know, so we can so we can be, you know, fine, educated people here, you know, and an Ecclesia is an assembly or a congregation. Right. A group of people. A called out group of people. Right. Um, And it means an assembly or an assembly of citizens um, in a Greek state. But check this out. So in I mean, and we've all heard that before. We've all heard the term Ecclesia. You know, if if you've been in Christian circles long enough, you've heard the term Ecclesia. And know that we're the body, we're a called out group of people, set apart, right? Well, you know what I did, you know, recently was I looked up the word community. I looked up the word community. Um, and it means a unified body of individuals, a group of people with common interests, 
living in a particular place within a larger society. A group of people with common interests or characteristics living together within a larger society. I thought that that part was amazing when it added in a larger society. Um, again, and here's a, another definition of community, a body of persons, a body of persons of common <clears throat> of common interests scattered through a larger society. Again, I think that that part of it being in a larger society was like and this is in a secular dictionary. Yeah. This, is, this is not a biblical thing I was looking up. And I definitely want to add something. I didn't catch this earlier, but uh, on dictionary.com, it mentions the word ecclesiastical. Ooh. A group of men or women leading a common life according to a rule, right? Ooh. That's so, fancy. I know. Just some food for thought, right? Yeah. So I actually was amazed at the similarity between the word um, community and the word ecclesia. Like, I, I mean, I knew they were similar, but when I actually looked up the definition, I was actually surprised at how similar they were. The, the first thing that that made me question was, so the body of Christ, if the body, if, if the body of believers, you know, what the Lord is assembling together is the body of believers. Within the body of believers, there can be other little smaller ecclesias. In the big ecclesia, there's smaller ecclesias. Now, you might say, Amadi, that's heretical. How yep. dare you? <laughs> you know what's coming. <laughs> How dare you say that? But I would challenge by asking, do you know all the different groups of believers that are in Southeast Asia? Because I don't. There's so many, there's probably so many pockets. There's probably so many different pockets. Do you know all the body, uh, you know, the, the groups of believers in Sub-Saharan Africa or South America? Do we even know all of them in the United States? Yeah. My point is, we're all connected because of the Holy Spirit, but within that larger group, there are still smaller communities. That's that's just my point. Because the 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 two definite they're not the same word. I'm, I understand that they're not the same word. But what what I wanted to push back against is this notion that um, I could I as a believer, me right, I live in a Western context. Right. We, we live in the United States. This is a Western context. I can't just go immediately to any other group of believers and just fit in immediately. Doesn't work like that. We we all wish it did. We all assume that it does. But when we get there, we're like, man, this is not really working. Why? Why isn't it working? And we start. And what ends up happening? We start doubting God. We start doubting. Is this true? Now, why do we do that? I think it's an unrealistic expectation that I, from my Western context, could just go into some Eastern culture where there are believers and just completely mesh immediately. Doesn't work like that. Yeah, I, don't, I think that what you're saying doesn't even work in a in a regular family, right? And to kind of put it in the context, let's just use a cousin to meet some other cousins, right? Right. Right. And you go over and you you know, you you're meeting them for the first time, so they're able to actually engage you and see how you how you live, right? And just how you talk, how you communicate and just some things about your life. 
because there's no way that I would think that they would grant you any type of measure of authority in their sphere at that point of just meeting somebody. Right, immediately. That's impossible. Yeah. No, that and, and that's exactly right. And I mean, because it happens. It's happened to me. I know it's probably happened to many of the people listening where you go to some other Christian group, some other little fellowship, some other cluster of a community, and you go when you immediately expect that you're just going to fit in immediately. I said immediately twice there, but you, okay. you, you understand what I'm saying, all right? And it doesn't happen. And then there are these feelings of doubt and regret, like, why am I not fitting in? And I think you you had pulled up a very good point about the upper room. Oh, yes, yes. About, you know, what what like uh, a, a more realistic view of that. So, so in the upper room, of course, you know, at this point, you have the 120 and you have Jesus still leading them to Jerusalem where they're waiting for the Holy Spirit. Of course, Jesus ascends and you have the 120 sitting and waiting for 40 days. And I feel like at this time, this is where the the believers were able to get acquainted with each other even the more while they were waiting for the 40 days to pass up into Pentecost. And of course, some of them, there was previous relationships built within that three years while Jesus was still with them. And, you know, it's, you know, the scripture says, you know, it came into, they came to, they were fully on one accord, you know, that one accord didn't happen within a small period of time. You know, this, this took time to develop. And apart from that time to develop, you know, I don't believe the, they would have been on one accord. Right. Cause if you read right after Pentecost, right. So they're in the upper room and then the Holy spirit comes and then you read later on in acts. I believe it's, uh, that's, that's early in the acts. So it was like the next chapter, chapter over, it talks about how they began to sell their possessions. Cause they were all of one mind and one accord. I think it's like chapter four or five of acts. And, but that speaks again to your point. They, they had to come onto one accord. Like they, they, they didn't start there. They got, you know, they got to on you know, being on one accord. And so, why was that so important? Because they were coming from different communities and creating this new, you know, First Peter 2, I love that scripture. It's one of my favorites um, where it talks about you were not a people and now you are a people. Um, you know, it's talking about how, you know, royal priesthood, chosen generation. You were not a people and then, you, you know, you weren't a people. You were of different groups. And. This is where, you know, we we can really set ourselves up for a lot of, you know, doubt and regret because we will get to places where we expect to immediately fit in and, and, and we don't. And it's OK. That's the that's the part I think that we have to understand. We have to understand, you know what? It may take some time for us to mesh and that's OK. We still have the Holy Spirit. That is the common denominator. The common denominator is that if you walk, uh, you know, if you're a man of the spirit, I'm a man of the spirit, we are of the same house. Like you brought up the example of cousins, right? Your cousins from right from far, far away. Like you're from India, right? Mm -hmm. I'm from the Caribbean. I've had people come from Jamaica here and I'm like, oh, okay, good to, good to meet you. For the first time. For the first time, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. Now, but 
even though we're still learning to kind of get to know each other, we still know that we're the same family. Beneath all of that, we know it's even though I don't understand that accent, <laughs> right? I don't I can't follow what you're saying. We I I know that we're of the same family. And that's what we have to do as people of the house of God. We have to not be so um naive to think that things are gonna click immediately. We have to allow the the time for for, for stuff to marinate, right? You just gotta let things marinate for a little bit. But the underlying truth is I know that we're of the same family. So while things are still kind of being worked out on the surface, beneath, if you are a man of the spirit, I am a man of the spirit, we're of the same family. Right, and I think the, the also the endeavor is to remain optimistic in hopes this relationship grows yes. and, and progresses to something valuable. Yeah, because God is trying to build, listen, he's trying to build the entire body of Christ. That doesn't happen like magic. How's the body of Christ get built and from talk, these little smaller yeah, communities? Right. It's impossible that millions of people can connect on that kind of scale. That That is an excellent point. Just think it about is it. impossible for mil- billions, billions of people yeah. to really connect on interpersonal levels. That's just not feasible. That's not realistic. So what God does is he has smaller communities that come into the greater community. Well, how does that take place? And I think the New Testament shows us this because he has those whom he has called to kind of cross-pollinate through the various communities. He has people who will trans, you know, kind of transition from different communities, connecting them together. So every single person in one group is not going to be intimately acquainted with every single person in some other group. But what God will do is set those apart like he did for Paul and Barnabas, who will begin to cross different groups. You know, we know that Paul and Barnabas started a lot of churches, right? We know that they they began a lot of different fellowship groups all over the ancient world. And they even, you know, it, it continued with Titus and Timothy because he told them, you know, he they were also commissioned. But one of the things that they also did was that they fostered and nurtured the connective tissue. Because remember, they would go back and visit. They would go back and visit and give a report. Hey, let let me tell you what's going on in this group. Hey, guess what God did over here? And so that helps them. Oh, man, wow. Praise God for what he's doing in, in Thessalonica. And praise God for what's happening in Rome. Like There's the connective tissue so that everybody in that church does not have to go and visit them. No, you have the connective tissue. You know, everybody's not going to be a ligament, right? Some people are a muscle and you're going to stay a muscle. You're going to strengthen that area. The ligament is what will connect it to the next muscle. Or you're a vein and you're, con- you're allowing Or you're blood, a vein or something. Yeah, yeah, blood to flow, Whatever the case may be. And, you know, it's so pivotal to make sure you can't be all of the same homogenous mm. thing, right? If we all, and and I'm sorry, let's let's backtrack for a second. I, I like what you mentioned, Amadi, about just being able to gauge what's going on with each of these these churches uh, or each city. <laughs> I'm getting confused on how to call uh, the church. church call city, the city group of people. All right, people. we'll just call them. We'll yeah. just call them these groups of people. You know, you know, it's great that that Paul or Barnabas or whoever started these fellowships 
was able to gauge what was going on because then from there you can assess specific needs you can see uh, what may be lacking is there something natural that may be needed and i think that can even transition to what i think you, you wanted to mention a little bit later but yeah so they you know they they went back and visited these churches and, and it, it was able to act like a connective tissue now i think that that's excellent um ragu because we we have, we have you know veins ligaments cartilage so those are all and, I, and I, i'm using the biological examples because god calls us a body um but you know we we have to understand everybody's not going to be connective tissue some people in a group somewhere that i've never been I may never go, right? Guess what? God may send one person from that group to connect with us and so so be it. And 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 that's it. I I I never have to go there, right? And so if the Lord were ever to send me there, I should not expect for me and them to click immediately, especially if I'm not that connective tissue, if I don't have a grace like that. You know, and one of the things that Paul was able to do with the connective tissue Right. Because once you have a connection in, in two places. Right. So, you know, I, I use the, the, the ligament, the cartilage example. Right. It's connected to the thigh muscle. Right. The quadricep, as well as the hamstring, as well as the calf muscle. Right. It, it's connecting various muscle groups. The the connection allows you. Right. You, you, you have relationships in both places. So. You have a relationship in one community and you have relationships in the other community, right? Now, those relationships in that one community are strong with one another and they're also strong with you. You know, Paul does this in 1 Corinthians 3, I believe. It's in 1 Corinthians 3 where he tells them, I'm sending you Timothy. Um, he's my faithful son in the Lord. What he's basically saying is you guys have a strong relationship with me. And I have a strong relationship with Timothy. Let me now connect you with Timothy. Right. Paul is acting like that connective tissue. He's acting like that ligament to connect those two tissue, you know, those, those two groups together. Timothy with the believers in Corinth. Let me connect them to, you know, let me connect you all together. Right. Paul does this many, many times as he goes back to the churches. You, you see it two times in first Corinthians. Um, in first Corinthians, like 16, I believe it is where, where he talks about the work that he did in Galatia. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's telling the Corinthian church, like, Hey, listen, this is what's going on in the Galatian church, right. To give them an, a better understanding of that group so that they be more connected in heart, right. So that they can be connected in heart with, with the, the church in Galatia. I think that that's powerful because, if you know that there's a group over there and you say, all right, well, I guess we all got to go visit. No, you all don't have to go visit. Not if that's not your grace. God is building a community. So this is why we started by talking earlier about um, allowing God to remove and restructure and kind of reorient some things. Because once he once he does, you'll be able to see the things that you're supposed to be doing and the people that you're supposed to be investing in and the groups that you're supposed to be connecting to. But if we're so committed to things that aren't necessarily healthy for us, it's very hard to see these other things. Yeah, I think uh, one of the points I definitely want to draw out is the fact that, you know, it's great. And it's it's the way the Lord designed us, us as a people group. Right. Everyone 
uh, is not going to be the same. So the black community and in the way that they express the Lord is going to be different from the Indian community. That's different from the Asian community, which is uh, that's kind of big. That's not let's just say Chinese yeah. or Japan or just all these places. Right. And the, the point that I'm trying to drive home is the fact that each community has something unique to express the Lord in. And it's a vital function that is required in the body of Christ. And it's important to make sure you you're able to accept it and not try to change what it is. Yeah. I mean, one of I think one of the detriments of the melting pot aspect of America is we think that God wants to dissolve all of our, you know, the the things that make each group special. And he doesn't want to do that, you know. In Revelation, John says, I saw every tribe, tongue, and nation, right? That's ethnos, before the throne. Now, why would, he, why would the scripture even go to the lengths of calling out ethnos in Revelation? I mean, of all places, you got all this imagery going on, mm-hmm. you know, dragons and different things. And but, he's, but he makes a specific point to say, oh, wait a minute. The people before the throne are of every tribe, tongue, and ethnos. Wow. Because God... God is trying to make a point that the specialness of our culture, right? The specialness of our culture is not wiped away because now we're in the kingdom. We're in the kingdom now. So, and it's funny, we were joking about this before we um, recorded is if we were to wipe away everyone's, you know, the, the specifics of each of our cultures, then whose culture do we pick? What becomes the kingdom culture? That is one of the misnomers, I think, of, of many of the quote-unquote kingdom people. Mm-hmm. We, we espouse certain cultural characteristics and say that that is the kingdom when God is taking pieces from every tribe, tongue, and nation, ethnos, he, and he's making that the kingdom. And so we cannot, you know, I think, believe the lie that God wants to dissolve all of these different things from each particular group of people. Again, it's the different groups that God is calling out. I'll give you a, a prime example, you know, as just as we come around third base here. You know, many of you listening, you know, I, I sound super distinguished now nowadays, but I used to be really, really heavy into Christian rap. Right. Christian rap was my thing. When I was in my early twenties, like I didn't grow up in church. So I didn't grow up in church. I met the Lord in college. And so one of the things that the brothers introduced me to was Christian rap. I was like, whoa, Christian's rap? my goodness, what is this, right? I thought that was like oxymoron. That's like, <laughs> what paradox is this? And so so I, I listened to Christian rap. And you know, one of the things I immediately noticed about Christian rap, just the entire Christian rap community, because again, that's a community. As a subculture to Christendom, Christian rap community is a different community. But what one of the things I noticed is how masculine the Christian rap community is in comparison to the rest of the body of Christ. Whenever you go to a church, it's 60%, 70% women. Whenever you go to any Christian function, it's majority women in there. You go to a Christian rap event, 90% men in there. Now, we hip hop some really masculine thing, but I think that that is something for the body of Christ to pay attention to. I'm just using it as yeah, an example and, it, and use yeah, it. Use it. That is something very unique and specific that could build up the entire body. So when we say, oh, where are the men at? 
the men are probably at the Christian rap show. And what you should do is stop having all these other events that are 80% women. If you want to really get young men who are on fire for God, go to a Christian rap event. See who needs to be discipled there. Build the build, you know, see who the who the Lord is graced with that cross pollination grace. You know, who's that interconnective tissue and connect with those guys. Now, I'm just using that as an example. It's just an example. And there are many other ones that, that we can use. But I'm using that specifically as one because there's very few interconnections there. They just kind of are off when I was in it really heavy. We were just kind of off doing our own thing. There was no real connection with any bodies of believers. It was just kind of like we're just here over here doing Christian rap and we we love God and we do concerts and hit the streets, right? Where are the interconnective tissues? So, you know, I just want to we we really wanted to encourage everybody. You know, tonight um, is it's important. It's important to allow God to reorder reorder our steps, reorder things, restructure relationships because He is building His house, but. I think in order to build that, you know, the large, massive body of Christ that we love to talk about, we have to allow him to build a build these smaller communities mm-hmm. and then let those with the grace to interconnect those communities function and, and flow. All right. And if I think I'll reiterate a point that I brought up earlier is like if these communities you know, allow the interconnection to express their uniqueness to one another. So you won't be lacking. There won't be a lack. Yeah, there, there will not be a lack. I mean, I, th- I think the um, there's an example in um, Galatians where Paul essentially is going to ask for some money. No, no, not Galatians, Corinthians. Corinthians 16, yeah. Yeah, when Paul's essentially like, listen, we need some money. You guys got money. Corinth was a, a merchant city. There are a lot of wealthy merchants in uh, Corinth. And so essentially what you have is an upper middle class, right, you know, in, in Western terms. You have a wealthy class, and Paul says, hey, listen, there are some believers in some of the other places that are struggling. You guys don't know them, but you know me, and I know them. Would you be willing to support them financially? You got to let your relationship grow. Now, I know many people are leery of giving folks money. I get it, especially in different Christian circles. All they want is your money. Well, that's why it's so important, like the point that Ragu brought up, um, the Acts, the Acts chapter two scripture where they're in the upper room, right? It is um, important that the time is spent so that you get to learn the character of the individual. Then if finances do come up, the enemy doesn't have room to be like, well, see, all they want is your money. No, no, I know this person. I know them after the spirit. And so I know that if I'm giving to them to another group, um, who who needs the finances? God God will God will add add that increase. So let's allow God to build up the body by building up these small communities. Yeah, and it starts on the individual level. Let Him build within you first. Amen. Definitely, it starts within you. Letting Him build you up. You know, restructuring things. Like I said, if that's relationships, if that's situations, if that's different circumstances that you've allowed yourself to fall prey to, you have to allow the Lord to restructure those things within you. And then from there, he will move to the communities that you're going to be a part of. All right. Many of us are sometimes we are the connective tissue and and we might find ourselves in one or two different communities. But again, if I'm allowing worldliness and worldly relationships 
and worldly circumstances to be a stumbling block, then God can never do that. I'm 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 a literal hindrance to what the Lord is doing. So anyway, we we do thank you all for listening. I know that that was long and it was heavy. Um, but you know, hey, listen, it's what happens when we're when we're gone for a month. We got to come back strong. So you get heavy hitters. Yeah, <laughs> you get the long ones. <laughs> so we thank you all for listening. Um, you know, again, jump on the Facebook group. We hope that you have some comments on this one. Um, we feel like we you know touched on a lot of different things here tonight, and we hope that you have some comments and, and some thought. Let us know your thoughts. Um, again, you can check us out. Um, on Patreon, if you want to support what we're doing, if you like what we're doing and you want to hear it more, say, hey, listen, Amadi Ragu, I want to hear this some more. Um, go to Patreon and subscribe and become a supporter, and hopefully we can crank these out more and more often. All right, so we thank you guys and ladies for listening. As always, you know that we will advance our Father's kingdom one house at a time. Uh, for Ragu, this is Amadi saying bye bye. Constitution, now that's some real talk. Live right the execution, now that's some real walk. Stay cool, cause outside my dude is real hot. Got bodies outlined out here in real chalk. I left an institution, now that's some real talk. Live right the execution, now that's some real walk. Stay cool, cause outside my dude is real hot. Got bodies outlined out here in real chalk. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk And stay cool, stay cool Cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk I left the institution, real talk Living right, the execution, real walk And stay cool, stay cool Cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk And stay cool, stay cool Cause it's hot outside Stay cool, stay cool Cause it's hot And stay cool, stay cool Cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined Shock. Hi. Hi.